0: A big congrats to Caitlin Clark, who broke the NCAA women's basketball career scoring record last night. It was only fitting that she crossed the threshold with a logo three-pointer at a sold-out Carver Hawkeye Arena. I'd expect a record streaming number as well for Peacock, which carried the game. This is your morning buzzcast for Friday, February 16th. I'm Austin Carp, here to close things out for the week. Speaking of closing things out, the big news last night was that MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred indicated that he will retire when his current term ends in January 2029. Speaking from spring training, he pointed out he will be seven years old in 2029, and he will have been commissioner for 14 years when that term ends on January 25th. He's been in the role since succeeding Bud Selig in January of 2015. He also had signed an extension in July and apparently told owners then that this would be his final contract. Now there's still a lot left for Manfred to do over the next five years. The A's still seem to only have one foot in the door in Vegas. Plus, there's going to be a new media rights deal when contracts with ESPN, TBS, Fox, Apple TV Plus, those expire after 2028. And perhaps more importantly on the front runner is solving the RSN issue for baseball and how to deliver those games locally to fans. Now, Manfred hasn't exactly had the best reputation with labor and players, but he's getting better on that front. But his big success over the last year or so is instituting new rules around pace of play that was incredibly well-received by fans last year. So still a lot of work for Rob Manfred to do, that twenty twenty nine retirement date still on the horizon. Moving over to football, my colleague Ben Fisher in his newsletter last night had a few pieces of news. Both Chiefs owner Clark Hunt and Falcons owner Arthur Blank have had positive indications about private equity's chance to get into NFL ownership soon. But the important details are still up in the air with a wide range of outcomes that are still possible, sources told Fisher. This much is clear. There's not a simply yes or no question on whether the NFL will adopt a system comparable to what baseball, basketball, soccer, or hockey is done, in which sports-focused private equity firms can buy up a certain percentage in a certain number of teams. The NFL's special ownership committee is having an expansive discussion about tactics to make the ownership market more liquid, diversify ownership, and push valuations higher. But even within what's known as private equity, it's possible that the NFL could prioritize single-use funds that would need to be created fresh and rather than have general funds that would be ready to buy limited partnership stakes right away. Another concept floated was a league-wide fund with institutional investors that could be tapped by teams in need of liquidity. Separately, the NFL committee is looking at making it easier for natural persons, including raising the acquisition debt limit above $1.2 billion, also lowering the equity required by principal owners below 30%, or increasing the cap on investors above 25%, Those are easier questions and could happen quickly, sources told Fisher. Meanwhile, Fisher also reports the NFL effectively will have veto rights over the sale of on-location experiences if private equity firm Silver Lake successfully takes Endeavor Private and starts divesting. That's per sources. The league could steer a deal to its preferred buyer and profit through a renegotiation of its long-term license of Super Bowl tickets, the hospitality company's most important asset. The timetable for Endeavor going private remains unclear, and there's still no decision to sell on location. NFL owners might profit a ton from this circumstance. The value of a Super Bowl ticket has only gone up exponentially since Endeavor acquired majority control of on location in January 2020. Some owners are also eager to find new ways of capitalizing on the Super Bowl, in part because its Endeavor shares have struggled since it became an owner undermining its goal of spurring equity growth alongside fee income. Finally, NFL teams that may have stayed away from the global markets program are now reconsidering, Fisher reports. Since the international program's launch in January 2022, 21 teams have obtained media and sponsorship rights in foreign countries, but in the last two weeks, execs from six of the 11 holdouts have said they have or will Submit bids for league approval, which is expected to be acted upon in the coming months. The 11 holdouts right now? The Ravens, Lions, Bengals, Commanders, Colts, Chargers, Giants, Browns, Bills, Titans, and Packers. Moving over to soccer, MLS Season Pass, the streaming service launched by the league last year in collaboration with Apple, surpassed 2 million subscribers by the end of 2023, sources told my colleague Alex Silverman. That figure includes paid annual subscribers, some of whom signed up later in the season at a prorated price, as well as paid monthly subs, complimentary MLS club season ticket holder accounts, and those who signed up via a promo offer, such as T-Mobile subscribers who were offered free subscriptions. The subscriber count suggests that Inter Miami's signing of Leo Messi provided a major lift in subscriptions, and Messi was among the direct beneficiaries of that uptick as he receives a percentage of revenue from international subscriptions as part of an agreement with Apple. Some other quick hitters to get you out of here on this Friday. NASCAR COO Steve O'Donnell tells my colleague Adam Stern that negotiations to add a new auto manufacturer to join Chevy, Ford, and Toyota for competition are heating up. NASCAR has been searching for over a decade now to find a fourth manufacturer, known as an OEM, ever since Dodge left the sport in 2012. DraftKings has acquired lottery app JackPocket for $750 million. JackPocket operates in the increasingly competitive online lottery market, which has attracted major investors. We're talking the likes of Mark Cuban, David Blitzer, John Ledecky, even Manny Machado, institutions like The Rain Group, Courtside Ventures, Arcto Sports Partners, The Craft Group, and Haslam Sports. The Larry H. Miller Company and the Miller family, which used to own the Jazz, unveiled renderings. And details Thursday of the Power District, a 100 acre development where the company wants to put a ballpark for a potential Salt Lake City MLB expansion team. The Miller family already owns the city's AAA baseball team, the Salt Lake City Bees. DC United has signed a multi year kit sponsorship with Guidehouse, a Northern Virginia based consulting firm for business and government. Terms of the partnership weren't disclosed, but MLS kit sponsorships typically run in the low to mid seven figures annually, sources told SBJ. So that is your Morning Buzzcast for Friday, February 16th. The NBA Tech Summit is today in Indianapolis. Always a fantastic event. A number of my colleagues, a Madcore, Rob Schaefer, Terry Lefton, and Tom Friend, are in the Hoosier State this weekend for some of the all-star festivities. So hit them up if you're there. Also, good luck to everyone that's headed down to Florida in the Daytona 500. That includes SBJ's Adam Stern. I'm Austin Carp, and I hope everybody has a great Friday and a fantastic weekend.